Yo, what up, though? It's your boy, Court. Welcome to You So Crazy, the podcast. Have my beautiful guest, Jazzo, in the building. What up, Jazzo? What up, what up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Jazz. The podcast, though. I'm so excited to get this podcast rolling, man. This is uh, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be funny. This is gonna be very funny. Long story short, it's gonna be very funny. Um, again, this is you so crazy. The podcast. It is a Martin rewatch podcast. Um, and I I got the idea of like, man, what's another show that seems like a cult that has like cult like fans where we could do this and i was like martin like martin's always been my favorite show um i i heard from my mom and my sister like when i was a little kid i didn't want to watch barney or power rangers i was asking them to watch like martin reruns and stuff like that so um martin has always been my guy shout out to martin lawrence man so yeah this show this show is going to be dope and we're going to go episode by episode we're going to break it down um how it relates today's culture what was happening back then all the little Easter eggs we see and we find and kind of uh, talk about Martin and Gina's relationship, Martin and Pam's relationship and so on and so forth. Um, also, huge shout out to UBC. Every episode I'm going to be um, putting on for a small business, specifically a, a black owned small business. Um, so if you want to see us in your merch, ask for the address, ask for the PO box. We'll tell you where to send it. But um, nah, UBC, uh, shout out to Unique. They're doing great things in the college readiness field, the college, uh, the student athlete, you know, sports field. Moving forward. How you feeling, Jazzo? I'm feeling great. I just ate lunch. Had my Capri Sun. Man, I love that. You know what I'm I saying? I love that for you. Excuse me. The beautiful Jazz, as bro man called you. You know what I'm saying? Which is did, dope. Which is did. dope. He threw that I in there. I see. He, he, he was shooting a little bit. He, he, you know, he I'm like, what's up? What you, you, what you, what you? You know what I'm saying? As long as you don't come through my my back door. Right. And you use the front door. Right. What them royalty checks like? Whoa. Oh, you mean, okay. That was a show reference. See, that was something you could say back in 1992, where if you say now, it sounds freaky. It sounds it sound bad because like people shouldn't be coming through your back door. I mean, they really shouldn't be coming through your back door then, but. You know, or through a window like he did. No, nah, I, but, nah, you know. I, get, I get what you're saying. I definitely get what you're saying. But, um, yeah, episode number one um, of Martin is entitled Beauty and the Beast, which is fitting after you watched episode. Um, I'm going to read the summary. This is every summary I read. It's the official summary. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. Martin has an argument with Gina after she listened to Martin's radio show and hears his heartwarming remarks. When Martin gets home, she calls him into the bedroom to talk to him. She wants to talk about what she heard and Martin gives her an attitude. So she threatens to leave him. Martin gives in and Martin and Gina make an agreement to make up in front of Martin's friends, Cole, Tommy, and Pam. And they make it look they make it look like Martin won the argument, but there's a catch. Martin must agree to go to a dinner party with her that he doesn't want to go to that night. So this episode, I think is gr- So the episode shows Martin's ego and his, uh, what would you call it? His, sh- his chauvinistic, womanizer type of ways, in a sense. Misogynistic, womanizing type Misogynistic. of ways. Offer ratings, okay, for the show. That girl, that girl got like six degrees. She gonna know before I do, so there you go. 
that six. It's like no, nah, but yeah, be- because the episode starts. Um, is Gina singing? Gina's singing in the beginning of the episode, and um, Martin comes in in his robe as Gina's getting ready to go to work. Um, and you're kind of getting the sense that Gina has a big girl job and Martin's job is still kind of play play. I mean, you know, I don't think working for the radio is play play. Like it's different. You know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm saying? Even like thinking that this today, like our radio shows are like the breakfast club, you know, and although it's not a normal nine to five, like what Gina was working, like it's still important. Like radio was huge, especially in the early nineties before uh, people, everybody couldn't have, to buy an 8-track or a, a tape player or a CD, the newest CD or whatever. So listening to the radio was important, and that's how a lot of people got their news. And even till today, that's how a lot of people get their news. So, yeah, but you have Gina singing. Um, you remember the song? We said, who sings that song? I wrote it down somewhere, and I do not remember. Wait, let me... What song were they until singing? You into, yeah. Until you, came, until you Came Into My Life by Billy Preston. That was the song Gina was singing. And then Martin transitioned it into the Kung Fu song. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. But he started off like super soulful. So you thought he was going somewhere else. So I can only imagine, you know, the year's 1992. I'm watching new episode of Martin on Fox Thursday night. You know, everybody crowded around the TV before we had streaming and, all you know, DVR and stuff. And you think Martin about to hit you with something soulful, and here come the, the Kung Fu song. I do not know the name of the Kung Fu song. Please forgive me. But everybody knows what song I'm talking about. Um, and then you have, you know, you have Martin and Gina going back and forth, and uh, Gina's, Gina's like trying to tell him, you know, she wants him to come. She wants him to come to the party. Real bad to the party. Real, and he not having bad it. to the office party. Yeah, He's like, I'm hanging out with them stuck up fools. Stuck up fools him off his zombies. Get out of here. And she, oh, the one part where he's like, <laughs> he's like, every time I go to one of your parties, I get stuck in the corner with some white guy named Bob. And he's like, hey, Martin, I just saw boys in the hood. I didn't know, Martin. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that part kills me because I'm like, yo, I know some people like that. Like, white people that legit like when like the height of the like the black lives matter thing was happening like i would get random sorries from people and i'm like what are you what are you what are you apologizing for like that's weird so i I felt martin a little bit but i still felt like it shouldn't have been an argument for him to go that's just me though no i i i feel you um insane and especially both of us you you work in corporate america um i've worked in corporate america um that's just that's why people like like when the tragedy or something happens especially like 2020 or like 9 11 you know or when like uh trayvon martin got killed stuff like that happens they're so nice for like a week good week 2020 was the longest streak of them being nice but as you can see that died off fairly quickly um but yeah that's how they get they trap you in the corner and like I just watched 12 Years a Slave. I, I knew, but I didn't know. I, I thought it was just a couple whips and, you know, picking some what? cotton. Yeah. I didn't understand. <clears throat> you know, I didn't understand the the effects that trickle down in your DNA into modern day hip. I'm like, save it, please. No, save literally it. save it. Go I'm ahead. like, y'all, listen, we're not going <laughs> to act like this is brand new whatsoever. Like, 
I'm like, all of a sudden you're triggered. Yeah. Honey, I've been triggered. Okay. That is my whole experience. <laughs> my whole experience. What and, are you talking about? Jazzo, you, I don't know if this is the proper term, double minority. Is that how we're going to use? Or you want to say Afro-Latina? No, I feel like we can say double minority. I'm an Afro-Latina. Double minority. Um, okay. And it's. And you live in Texas. I live in Go Texas. I live in, I live in, oh, I live you, in Texas live. and it's very racist down here. Like, um, but I'm also like, like the South meets yeah, like the South meets Mexico, but it's like, but there's also this like really like blant, blantly like hate, like towards Hispanics. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like they're not even taking your job. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you don't want to work the jobs that they're working. Um, no, but it's, it's a, it's a very weird dynamic because, um, I am black while I, I look black. And then I guess when I speak, people are like, hold up. What are you? Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm Mexican as well. Um, and um, it's very weird, like, because I get racism from both ends. Like, I'm not Mexican enough sometimes, and then I'm not Black enough. Um, yeah. And then, of course, like, white people sometimes are, like, they figure out, like, oh, she had a couple degrees on her. She worked in corporate America. Like, oh, you're different. And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> I just, I play the game. So here we are. Right. Um. But to that point, like, um, you talk, we talked about, like, how Martin has, like, this, like, not regular job. And so I can understand how, like, being in corporate settings or just being in office settings in general, like, it's just, like, you're, you're, you mm-hmm. basically have to just um, change who you are to a certain extent so that you don't make yourself look bad or make a fool of yourself. Um, because those spaces, like, navigating Black in those spaces isn't always, like my cup of tea myself so that's just me no i feel you i definitely feel you so then you know we mosey into meeting mama pain she's the first martin character that we meet in the show uh mama pain comes in in her roby churchy outfit i don't know what to call it you know hair kind of curled and a mustache and I think Mama Payne felt so realistic because with the mustache because a lot of elderly women have mustaches like and they don't they care. have those mustaches and so Martin keeping his mustache to play her was hilarious because in real life his grandma probably had that same mustache she has on the show and it's none I'm not disrespecting them. I was like you're just gonna talk about his grandma like that you don't even know her this is just an observation this is just an observation I've seen a lot of older black women with that same mustache and, and that's just what it is, you know? And of course, you know, Mama Payne come in being all fake. Um, you know, that's something I, something I, and my family can get mad at me. I don't care. That's something I saw my granny do, you know, um, like she would be talking about somebody and then they walk in the house two seconds later and she'd be all, Hey, yeah, smiling. I'm like, what? You were just talking about shady. No, black black but, mamas and black grandmas are shady. Oh, like, very much so. But also know also know my granny couldn't stand me. Um, so you know, she was t- doing me the same way, I'm sure. But anyway, uh <laughs> yeah, you know, she's talking about Gina being this nice church girl and all that good stuff. And then as soon as she walked out, she told Martin she didn't trust her and you know, make her pay rent. She's like, is she going to be staying here? Make her pay rent, all that other stuff. And it's so crazy, like, for her to say that, to have that mindset to make her pay rent or make her pay half the bills or whatever. But, like, in their generation, they were not doing that. They weren't paying no bills. 
The, this I mean, generation, honestly, what? They, like, they if were... that happened today, people today, like the women of today in social on social media would have an uproar. Like, what you mean? They His mama their... said, make a pay rent. Like, they would lose their mind. They would definitely lose their mind. Even today in 2022, they would for sure lose their mind. Um, yeah, Mama Payne, she's, you know, obviously we're going to talk about her a lot throughout the show. She's a intricate part of Martin's life. Even though she's not a real person, she's a real character. And um, she's hilarious, you know. Um, then we um, get introduced to Gina and Pam's job. Um, you kind of get the sense that Gina... Not that she's in charge, but she outranks Pam because she's like actively working and Pam is just sitting there. And, um, you know, the topic of Maureen comes up and Gina's just, you know, talking about how sweet and sensitive and and nice he is. And um, Pam's kind of starting her, uh, as Martin says in a future episode, ain't no more good men bitch parties, you know, where she just gets into like this zone where she's just. She just hates dudes. She just hates men. She don't trust any of them or whatever. And Gina's kind of giving Martin the benefit of the doubt. Um, just for him to <laughs> kind of prove her wrong 10 seconds later when she turns on the radio. And they're talking about male sensitivity. Because <laughs> he was hurt. He was so, hurt because Gina told him he was sensitive earlier in the show. Like, he was a crybaby. Right. And Mama Payne also agreed. Right. She was like, yeah, like, you used to cry. That is facts, because um, Martin asked, did ask his mom if he was a crybaby when he was younger, um, and and she said she she was like, yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. Um, Martin's mom definitely, you could definitely tell there was a little bit of um, coddling, and she also had a, little, a a tiny bit of control over him. I think not as much as like Cole and his mom, which we get into later down the road, but there was definitely some some like major attachment there for sure oh for sure like if your mama just popping up to your crib just like that like you already know like the relationship is different because yeah. like mamas don't just like my mama don't just pop up on me like but i also don't have a black mother so i don't i don't i don't know like is that a thing like excuse my ignorance but you know what i'm saying like i just don't feel like mama's just in general don't, just don't be popping up to your crib unless like y'all are that close no that's definitely a thing from what I've heard, I don't my I have a black mother, but she's not like that, thankfully. Um, my mom has always told me since I was a teenager, she was like, I'm gonna stay out of these relationships um because I feel like I raised you properly and I know, you know, you know how to treat women, you know not to put your hands on them. Um, if you wanna talk to me or you want advice, like if you invite me in, that's one thing. But she was like, I'm staying out of your relationships. She was like, and don't bring it to my front door. You know, but I, I've definitely heard of like overbearing black mothers, overbearing mothers in general, all in their child's relationship, especially a mother and a son, all in his relationship. Um, you know, I don't know if that kind of goes to that. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen that that saying that says like mothers um, raise their daughter, but love their sons or something. something no, like I mean, that. it's it's a different dynamic. Like it really is. Like I feel yeah. like. Especially like the, if it's like one boy, um, mm-hmm. and like a bunch of females. Like I know for me, like um, it's six of us, and I have, to, and it's only two boys. Um, and my brothers to have different moms, and both my mom and my stepmom like coddle, coddle, 
mm. them. And I'm like, that's crazy. Cause at 22 years old, if I pulled half the shit that, that uh, this thing could be doing, like you would be, you would be like, yo, Jazz, what are you doing? Disney. Yeah. Like, no, literally, like I would, I just be like, huh. Um, so I feel like it's a very different dynamic. I feel like um, that coddling, though, is what, uh, sometimes causes issues in relationships for those men you know what i'm saying like some like sometimes yeah. they didn't like mama's boys it's a blessing and a curse um depending on the mother really and it's like how and if they're overbearing or if they let their son be their son um and i'm very big on yeah. like if you because i was with my parents i'm like look you raised me right so I feel like you should always be confident in the fact that I'm going to move in the right way. And if I don't, you know, I'm an adult, mm. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn from those experiences. But I just feel like if you raise your son right, you ain't got to be all up in their face. Um, that's just me. I don't have no kids, y'all. So please don't come for me. I just, I'm just speaking from what I know. Nah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head for sure. Um, but yeah, so after... We meet Mama Payne after Gina turns on the radio. Um, we kind of transition from Gina, excuse me, from Gina's job to Martin's job. That's our introduction to Sean, um, the the weirdo white boy engineer, and then our introduction to Stan, uh, the cheapskate, you know, oh black male boss. Um, so I have this theory. I've never told anybody. I've literally been waiting for this show. Um, I wrote it down, so I'm gonna read it. Because this theory is important to me, okay? So I have this theory that Stan from Martin, from WZUP, is the original Mr. Krabs. I believe the creators of SpongeBob stole the idea or were inspired of the idea of the Krusty Krab from Martin and WZUP. Um, WZUP is actually the original Krusty Krab. So you got Stan is Mr. Krabs, Sean is Squidward, and Martin is SpongeBob. You know, you just think about how Stan talks to them and how big of a cheapskate he truly is. Um, always trying to jip them on pay, always trying to, you know, run from the authorities when it's time to pay them taxes. Um, and then you have like more, more of, I guess they kind of swap the characteristics of SpongeBob and Squidward. Um, because Martin would really be Squidward and Sean would really be SpongeBob because Sean will do whatever you know, Stan says, and Martin's kind of like, hell no, nah, I ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, very much more more of a Squidward. Um, so, yeah, it's it's um, it's um, just a small theory. I could be wrong, but... A small theory. Surprised. Like, how long has SpongeBob been on the air? I feel like it's been on for a minute. SpongeBob came out in 99. Martin came out in 92. Ah, okay, okay. See, I don't I don't watch SpongeBob. I like I, I actually it's it's one of my least favorite shows. I think it's really stupid. Like I feel like I lose brain cells when I watch it. Um, but it's not a bad theory. <laughs> it's not a bad theory. I just like it could be because Stan Stan is really cheap. Like as we move into the episodes, like you see you see just how cheap and like scammer like he is. Um Without he just moves. And Sean is right. I love him. He's just like he's so goofy. He's, like. he's he's gullible and naive, but in an innocent type of uh optimistic way. You know? Yeah. Like the like he hasn't allowed the world to taint him. You know, and I love that. I I love meeting people like that. For sure. For sure. He's definitely like um he's just he's just a citizen of the world type of type of guy you know like 
this is me. This is what it is, you know. Um, but yeah, moving past that, we hop to the next scene. Uh, this is where we we meet Tommy and Cole. Um, you know, we kind of get a sense that they're such good friends with Martin that they're in his apartment before he gets there. Like one of them or both of them have a key to his place. You know, you know that's the hangout spot after work and all that good stuff. Um, but I, it it also makes me see that. I don't think they fully know where the show was going because they show this as Tommy and Cole also meeting Pam for the first time. And I'm just like, Gina and Pam are way too close in that first episode for this to be their first time meeting. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but Pam could have been a work friend that finally like worked her way into Gina's actual life. But in season two, you see that Tommy, that Tommy and Cole I mean, that Tommy and Pam already knew each other. So I don't know how that worked. But like I said, I don't think they saw where the direction of the show was going. But it is what it is. Tommy and Cole are introduced. Gina and Pam walk in. Um, but before that, Tommy, Cole, and Martin are talking about... Martin asked them if they ever cried. And, you know, told Cole's dumb self talking about some, nah, nah, man, what? Nah. And, you know, Tommy's kind of looking off to the side. He's like, I've cried, you know. And he was like, what did he say? He got his hand stuck in a trash compactor or something. And he was like, I was eight, you know. <laughs> and Cole was like, Shh. or he said, I was seven. And Cole was like, Shh. all right, if you would have said you was eight, we would have had a problem. And I'm like, what? What's the difference between a seven and an eight-year-old? Like, let's be real. Like, little boys cry. That's, that's another thing. Like, back then it wasn't cool for men to cry. I still think there's this stigma around it. But, like, th- these guys were going as far as – um you know, like looking at the Temptations, like they making songs about wishing it would rain so they could cry. Like you, it don't have to rain for you to cry. You could just cry. Um, and I, I understand um, there's a balance because you also don't want to just be walking around crying all day. But when you need to cry and when you need to release, like allow your body to do that. It's healthy. It's you're a human. It's a it's a, a humanly emotion that you should allow to happen. Um from your perspective as a woman who dates men, how do you feel about men and their emotions? Uh-uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, I, so I'm very big on like, keep it funky. I'm like, listen, now, so I, for me, like, I wear my, and I don't, I don't necessarily wear my emotions on my sleeve, but like, you will always know exactly where you stand, where you stand with me, right? And so I always prefer like, for my guy friends that are very close to me and for anybody that I date to like, Listen, if you can't create a space for me and I can't create a space for you to be some type of vulnerable, like, what are we really doing here? Um, because I I do I do think that there's this just like and, there, and it's always been right. It's like it's it's a it's a masculine masculinity thing where it's like, oh, like, Roman, don't cry. And it's just like, but but why not? You know what I'm saying? Like emotions are meant to be felt. And so. You mean to tell me, you know, people are going to pass or, you know, your heart's broken or, you know, something that you really wanted didn't go your way. You know what I'm saying? Like you're allowed to show emotion and you're allowed to um, whether that's crying or just expressing how you feel like, hey, I'm very disappointed or I'm very this. Like, I just don't feel like um, enough spaces are created for men to do that, especially black men. I feel like um, for whatever reason, like everything is made to seem weak. Like when it comes into in, in of emotion, like it, you're automatically a weak black man. And it's like, no, like you can very much be in tune with your feelings without being a crybaby. Because I will say that, like, 
cry baby. Like I, I and I know men that are it, it, like over emotional, and I'm just like, listen, mm-hmm. let's get a grip here. Like you can't be crying more than me. Um, excuse me, but <laughs> no, no, because because I, I know some emotional men. I just be like. Do you go to therapy? You should go to therapy. <laughs> like I like because or and, and I, like I, men that are very emotional, I tell them to go to therapy. And then men that lack emotion, I will let them know. I'm like, you know what? I think that you need a safe space <laughs> to get these emotions out. Um, and I'm and I'm not gonna be that safe safe space for you because it looks like it's too much to handle. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like I like I need I need men to just be just a little bit. More sensitive, but I, but again, I also understand that my female counterparts and I and I've been guilty of this too. We don't always allow for that to happen. Like we're very quick to turn things around and be like, well, "What about me?" Like, but and sometimes I think we just need to learn how to shut up and just listen to where men are coming from because they're allowed to have emotion too. Mm-hmm. So that's my nah, most definitely. Um, Bet. So we also have um, Gina and. Pam coming down the hallway and it's their introduction. It's their introduction to Shanene as well as our introduction to Shanene. And you can tell Gina's met her before and she's she's gotten on Gina's nerves before. So Gina tries to kill her with kindness and Pam's just like, don't have the patience for it, you know. Um, one, I think Martin naming this character Shanene is hilarious because I feel like it's the second most stereotypical black woman name behind Bonquisha. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially in that, in those days. Yeah. Um, and then Shanani having like the butt plant, the butt implants or like the, the, I don't know what he, I don't know if it was balloons he put back there, pillows or what, but she had, she always wore them leggings or workout pants with the butt implants and just the crinkly hair or the braids or whatever. Like big hair, big nails. Big jewelry, big all that. Like, yeah, always had the big loops, the big, uh, the the dick grabbers, as people call them. Um, you know, absolutely hilarious. I want to say, I want to, I could be wrong, but I want to say Martin was the first person to have a sitcom where he dressed as other people, where he did the multi-character thing, and everybody else followed suit. Nobody was doing that before him. Um, Will Smith wasn't doing that. Bill Cosby, Sanford and Son, What's Happening, um, Good Times. Like, none of those shows were doing that. None of the shows yeah. that were popping in the 80s, the f- early Fresh Prince episodes, I don't recall any of that. Like, Martin started that trend. Um, of course, Eddie Murphy picked it up and made it huge with The Nutty Professor, like, four or five years later after Martin started it. Um, Progressive did it. I don't know if you remember that episode of uh, that commercial, the Progressive with commercial Flo. where Flo did it. She did the round table thing. Adam Sandler started doing it. Marlon Wayans too. The oh, the Waynes. Yep. Yeah. The Waynes brothers. I want to say Martin is the 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 creator of doing that. If not the creator, he's the one that made it popular for sure. And yeah. this first episode alone, he did two or three characters already. Shanene, Mama Payne. Oh, he did two characters. And he does more. And he does more. Recall- there's a lot more, which we're going to get into down the line. I also don't recall anybody doing the C- CGI performance that he did in front of a live studio audience. Because there's a scene where it's him and Mama Payne, but they're in front of the live studio audience. So I'm just like, obviously the live studio audience didn't see it like we saw it on TV. But at the same time, <clears throat> that's some great editing for 1992, given the, the limited uh, technology they had back yeah. then. 
But yeah, Gina and Pam meet Shanene. Shanene's being a pest, being a nosy neighbor, getting on their nerves as usual. But her and Pam were always into it. Her and Gina were always into it. She always was cracking on them. They was always cracking on her. And it was just good. And as we know, Shanene's a, a, a crucial character in the Martin Martin verse, as we're going to call it. Um, she's probably his most popular character in the Martin verse. Um, you know, I, I don't know who else would be more popular. Like, I don't think anybody else is more popular. Um, not Mama Payne, not Jerome, um, not Dragonfly Jones or Bob. Like, none of them were as popular as Shanene. None of them fit this, the stereotype of what a, a, a black hood rat, as you, I guess you could say, or somebody ratchet um, back in the early 90s. So, but yeah, um, then we spoke about Tommy and Cole meeting Pam and Gina and uh, Gina, even with Martin being his uh, his mis misogynistic self and being a womanizer on the radio, Gina was still trying to spare his feelings by asking to go talk to him in the bedroom. And he was like, he basically was like, nah, anything you say in front of me, you say in front of my partners. And she brought up how he cried during Beauty and the Beast, which is hilarious. Because then he was like, can I talk to you in the bedroom? <laughs> nah, but that's what he get, though. Like, and I appreciate, like, I'm Gina when it comes to confrontation. Like, listen, yeah. we ain't got to do this in front of your friends because let's just not. Um, so he he deserved that. I was like, embarrass him, please. I'm all for embarrassing if you want to sit there and embarrass me. That's just me, though. No, I think I think it was I think it was beautiful. I think that shows how pure Gina's heart was, or at least her character's heart, and how much she really loved Martin. But she had to like humble him to get him to cooperate, which she shouldn't have had to do all that, you know. But his ego, you know, his his ego and his little short man syndrome, his Napoleon complex, got in his way. Um, it's a terrible combination. I I don't I don't I never been short. I haven't been short in a long time, I should say. So I, I can't relate, but. Um, I think that's a beautiful trait, even beyond Gina's character, like almost like, you know, that friend that was like, okay, like I want to go out to eat. I want you to come out to eat. And then you're like, I don't, have, I don't really have the money. I don't have the extra money. And they're like, don't worry, I'll pay for you. And going beyond that, they'll like slip you some money. So it doesn't even look like they pay for you. It looks like you, you pulled the money out of your wallet type of thing. Like, yeah. I feel like that along with what Gina was doing or was trying to do. But Martin's ego, yeah. So, you know, they get to the bedroom and they're talking about what, you know, what happened on the radio. And Martin's try basically trying to play, um, you can't be mad at me for what I see on the radio type of thing. And this scene, I feel like it relates to, like, what happens on social media in 2022, 2023 in the, in the modern day world. So this is what I mean by that. Imagine... A dude having a girlfriend at home and just talking crazy about women and this, that, and the third. But then he comes home and his girlfriend confronts him like, why are you always, you know, talking crazy on social media? And he's like, babe, it's, it's just Twitter. It's just Instagram. Like, like, what you mean? You know what I'm saying? But you're putting it on there. So it's a representation of your thoughts and what you think, whether whether it is or it isn't. That's what it looks like, because it's coming from you, you know, Um or even like I used to use this excuse back back when I was a when I was an F boy. I'm a, I'm a minimize the curse back because when, you back know when, yeah. 
back when like this is about 10 years ago you know my my ex confronted me about the stuff that i liked on on instagram this is like early days of instagram too i'm just like that's where you what could see where you could see who liked what uh, yeah back when you could see what others that you follow were doing i'm like that's what instagram was made for it was made to like stuff and she was like, but you don't have to like everything. And I'm like, I mean, I just be scrolling and liking, scrolling and liking, which was not true. You know, I just, you know, it was the big booty in a bikini. I was going to like it, you know, but it was stupid because I knew there was a chance that she could see that or that that picture might show up in her explore page. And she goes to the picture and she sees, you know, my old page and others have like, you know, type of thing. So it was just dumb. It's just a dumb, immature uh, mindset. I'm not even going to call it a male mindset because I'm pretty sure there's women like that too, but it was just dumb. There's um, not. No, but, but, but I feel like that's a good example though. Like that's, that's a, that's really big now. Like you see people that are just like, they act a certain way on social media and I'm like, I know you in real life. Like, right. Like, right. What? Right. Um, and I, and I've personally dated someone like that where like in on social media, like they're one way and I'm like, bro, you be texting me good morning, good night, all the other day. You know what I'm saying? You in my face all the time. Like, what are we even saying? Like, be so Facts. for real. Facts. Be so for real. And I think for Martin, he was just like, you know, it's for the writings, baby. It's for this. And that's just like, I just feel like you can get your ratings and still be respectful. Um, Because like right. no one, especially nowadays, like back then, the woman had a problem with it. Like imagine now, you know what I'm saying? Like you're dating someone and they're on the radio show just bashing women like like the Joe Buttons of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like you're oh, just like. Gosh, don't get me started. We don't yeah, got enough time in this podcast. We don't, we don't have enough time because I know how you feel about him. Not, but you know what I'm saying? Like. Like. Then they go munch. Like, like I mean, that's that's how I feel. I be like, yo, a lot of these men will sit there. <laughs> he is. Yo, him, uh, DJ Academics, all those men or whatever that they be sitting there for ratings and for and for views. They just be saying whatever. And then I be like, bro, you're the type of man that will go up to a girl and be like, where my hug at? I don't get a hug at today. Like, <laughs> let's be for real. Nah, that's comedy. Um, but yeah, you know, they get in the bedroom and then, you know, just a glimpse, this happens. So what you're saying is that you respect me in private, but not in public? Gina! Fine, it's over, Martin! Whoa, 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 whoa! You're, you're making me laugh! <laughs> you're gonna break up with me because of what I do on the radio? No, because of what you do to me on the radio! Damn it, Gina! Now I'm mad. You don't get it, dude. This is childish, Gina. That's all right. You're going to leave, leave, right? I'm a man, Gina. I'm a B.I. Right. This is childish. I want you out. I don't even know why you're still here. Step. I w Step. <laughs> you won. You won, baby. What? You won, damn! <laughs> You're not ever, ever gonna disrespect me like that on the radio again, ever? Never, babe, all right? All right. All right? All right. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> Grandma is? Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Mm. Girl. 
Oh, my goodness. I thought you was going to leave me. I can't have that girl. You got some good stuff. <laughs> Stop it. Come on. People waiting for us outside. My baby. And so, yeah, it's just so crazy. Like, she called his bluff and she was ready to leave and all that good stuff. And he's like, Tina, 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 Tina. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely hilarious. That's really how dudes be. Like, I grew up around all women. So I've been hearing these stories since I was a little boy, little kid. I've been around girls all the time, all my life. And, and just even now, like, with social media, you know, like, seeing what women post, seeing what women talk about, um, or even dating women or being, you know, involved with women. Um, I get to hear the stories of their past of their ex and like this is really how dudes be like like for real for real and it's 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 honestly it's psychotic. No, man, <laughs> what's crazy is y'all will sit there and tell us like women are crazy, women are crazy. Listen, we're outwardly crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's no and for me, I'm very like, look, I'm not gonna lie to you, okay? I'm Mexican and black. Figure it out. I'm crazy, but I'm outwardly crazy. Like dudes. Will sit there and stunt and yeah, really stunt and then be in your face, tear eyed, snotty, like, please don't leave me. Boo. And I'm just like, have some self respect, first of all. And and second, like, yo, like, I really feel like, for, and, and, and you see it throughout the show, right? Like, Martin's ego gets in the way a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's what I say, like, I have Gina's forehand because she's so patient. Like, I just feel like she's so patient. Um, and she tries to always like try to be as understanding sometimes. And she has her petty moments, but it's like, come on, dog. Like you love her. Like you, you, you told your mama, like, as soon as I get some money, I'm gonna get that girl a ring at the beginning of the show. Yeah. So it's like, if you, if you know, you're going to put a ring on there, I just feel like let that ego go, put that pride down. You know what I'm saying? Because in a, in, I mean, it's, it's, it's give and take. Okay. Like there's no need to, for you to stunt. And then you see how he walks out. And um, so she has to act all big and bad. And I'm like, Gina, better than right. me. Because because he was boosted. He was boosted. I said, bro. I would have been but, like, the but even up. With that, Even with that, Tommy knew. Like, Tommy knew. Tommy knew. Because he was like, in there, she whooped it. Like, he knew. You know, like, he, he, we know our friends. You know what I'm saying? Put on the front if you want to. But even the statement you just made, that kind of wraps around into you know, men, men feeling like they have to suppress their emotions and men being forced to actually suppress their emotions. Um, as far black men specifically, as far as back as we can remember, because we had to be, be macho and, and hold up this persona, this, that, and the third. And, um, in reality, we never had to do that. Um, that, that was just this, this social construct that was forced upon us, um, as a people. So, yeah, um, all the fellas out there, you know, y'all be talking tough online, then crying in her DMs or crying in her lap, whatever. Like, get some help, man. Please get some help. Talk to a non-biased third party. Get some help. Seek professional help. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I feel like one of the most dangerous people on this planet is a hurt male. And I see it every day. Um, and that's that's another topic for another episode we could talk about further. But to conclude this episode, um, Gina called Martin's bluff and he folded. I mean, his bluff and, and he definitely folded. So I, I love that for her. I love that for her. Um, so, yeah, appreciate y'all for tuning in, tapping in, leave some questions and comments. Um, 
you know, for us, and we'll answer them in the next episode. Definitely appreciate y'all for tuning in to You So Crazy, the podcast with myself, Court, and my beautiful host, Jazzo. Excuse me. The beautiful Jazzo. Only, only Let me Portland get... can call me Jazzo, guys. Him and Brumman, you know what I'm saying? He call, And Brumman yeah, call me Jazz, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. Let me, you know. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to You So Crazy, the podcast. Myself, Court. And as Brumman likes to call you, the beautiful Jazz. With the big old. He threw that in there. Not me. <laughs> Did he say that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the beautiful Jazz with the sexy. Well, you know what I'm saying. Peace. He did. No, he did. Go back and listen. He did. You know what? Y'all, tune in next time, okay? Tune in next time. All right, y'all. Yeah, tune in next time. Thanks for rocking with us. Peace out.